It is now time to study um, from the Word of God. We're studying the Gospel of John, and today I've uh, titled the message "Manifesting God's Heart." 하나님의 마음을 드러내다라는 주제로 제가 오늘 말씀을 전하고자 합니다. Let's turn to John chapter 4, uh, verses 27 to 38, and we're going to just read it in English uh, this time around. And, uh, and then I will try to expound on this text. Let's read this out loud together. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even though the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together, thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Amen. We're in the process of uh, studying a sort of a series within the series. And I've entitled this short series, Jesus' Strategy for Evangelism. 예수님의 전도 전략이라는 주제로 시리즈 내에 시리즈 우리가 함께 공부를 하고 있습니다. Uh, in order to understand Jesus' strategy, especially about source saving or evangelism, uh, we, uh, we need to understand what Jesus is really trying to get at when he's trying to uh, reach the hearts and the minds of the people. And his strategy is exactly that, to remove all kinds of barriers which get in the way and to penetrate into individual souls and hearts. 예수님의 전략은, 전략 중에 가장 대표적인 전략은 장벽을 허무는 전략입니다. 아, 그래서 예수님께서는 여러 가지 장벽들을 어, 허무는 작업을 하시는데 아, 민족적 장벽, 성별적 장벽, 도덕적 장벽을 허무는 작업을 하십니다. Uh, Jesus, his primary strategy in breaking down the barriers that we see in the case of the Samaritan woman is that of breaking down the ethnic barrier, the gender barrier, and moral barrier. And so that he can really communicate with this woman, he basically wants to uh, communicate with her in a way that he can get connected with her. So she will understand what he's saying and then allow her heart to be open to receive the infusing of his grace. So how does Jesus do this? Well, when he communicates, what he does is he does communicate in a way that 
has no prejudice or judgment initially. I don't know about you, but when we communicate, we all know how to read the minds of the people or the attitudes of the hearts of the people. We do, in a way. And one of the greatest attitudes that gets in the way of communication is judgment. When we feel like somebody's judging you or somebody's prejudicial towards you, then you would begin to try to put a barrier or, or defend yourself. But what we see in Jesus' case is that he had no prejudice or judgment in approaching this woman. He had discernment, but it was not judgment. He wanted to interact with her, so he engaged in conversations with her. And basically what he did was gave her something that is very relevant. He read her heart, discerned her situation, and gave her the thing that was most relevant, most necessary for her. 그래서 예수님께서 소통하는 방법은 무엇보다 이 여자와 마음과 마음이 연결되기를 원하는 거예요. 그러기 위해서는 편견과 판단 없이 소통하시고 상호적으로 대화하시고 그 여자의 가장 필요한 적절한 것을 베푸시는 것입니다. Third strategy is this. He has a way of penetrating into the depth. Now, we use the term depth to talk about uh, all these different dimensions that we have as human beings. Uh, first of all, we have what is known as philosophical dimension. I'm sure all of you have asked the questions like, who am I? Why am I here? What is life all about? What's my purpose in life? That's, those are philosophical questions that we ask. Uh, these are deeply meaningful and significant uh, questions and issues that we ask. Philosophical depth. Well, we also have ethical and moral depth as human beings. We ask the question, what kind of person should I be? What is righteousness? What is truth? And these are questions that's related to depth. Now, the Samaritan woman was not necessarily asking these questions. I don't think she even bothered to um, converse with people about these issues. But I'm sure at the very bottom of her heart, she was asking these questions, both philosophical and ethical or moral. But what Jesus did get at was the psychological depth. But she needed to plunge deeply in her psyche. Because she had put on all sorts of barriers in order to protect herself. She had, was a woman of reputation. She was a, a woman who had a loose sort of a moral. Uh, and so uh, people started judging her. And so she had all these psychological barriers. And Jesus was penetrating into her heart, into her psyche to get at the depth. But the real bottom line question of depth has to do with her spirituality. She was actually asking the question, there must be more to life than just having men and more men. There must be more to life than just trying to get affirmation from other people. And Jesus pointed out what she really needed was this source called living water. That is the Holy Spirit, the relationship with God that is at the depth of her soul. So Jesus was getting at the depth of her spirit. Last week, I talked about another strategy of Jesus in evangelism, and that is Jesus has a way of focusing on the essential. How many of you know in our relationship with people, sometimes we talk a lot and deal with much about the peripheral issues, 
we talk about circumstances, situations, you know, when we converse with one another, we always talk about the weather, how's the sports, and, you know, how's your life situations and all that. As important as that is, those are not essential questions. But Jesus wanted to focus on the essential issues, and he talked about this in the context of worship. And this was the topic that I dealt with last week. And in worship, he's saying that he wants to provide freedom in terms of worship instead of formality. Instead of just structure and tradition and all that is a formality, he's trying to get at the freedom. So he's saying that it doesn't really matter where you're worshiping. As long as you're worshiping with the right type of spirit and heart. But he did require one thing in worship. You must have some kind of understanding. Most important understanding you must have in worship is the object of worship. 그 예배의 대상이 가장 중요한 거예요. Who is this person that we're worshiping? 여기다 초점을 제대로 맞추지 못하면 잘못된 관점, 잘못된 생각을 갖게 되는 거죠. 그리고 그 과연 우리가 믿는 그 신이 하나님이신가? 예수 그리스도를 통한 성부, 성자, 성령에 대한 신앙인가? These are questionable things. So there's freedom in worship, but there needs to be understanding in worship. And how should we worship? Jesus said, in spirit and in truth. And that is by the Holy Spirit and by the truth based upon the Word of God and Himself. And finally, no true worship can be had apart from Jesus mediating the worship. That's why in our worship and in our prayers, we always talk about in the name of Jesus. What does it mean to pray and to worship in the name of Jesus? 예수님의 이름으로 우리가 기도하고 예수님의 이름으로 우리가 worshiping 한다는 것이 무슨 뜻이냐? That means everything we do has to somehow involve Jesus. Everything that he did for us on the cross, everything that he does for us in the present by his spirit, we have to go through that. We need the assistance of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in this process. Today I want to talk about one more strategy of Jesus that we see in the text that we read today is that Jesus has a way of manifesting God's heart. 예수님께서는 하나님의 마음을 드러내는 방식, 나타내 주시는. 그래서 이것이 하나님의 마음이다. 너를 향한 하나님의 마음이다. 우리에게 소통을 하십니다. And this is done in the context of soul saving. 영혼 구원에 관한 이 컨텍스트 안에서 예수님께서 하나님의 마음을 어, 드러내 주십니다. Let's turn to the text that we just read and let's go systematically one by one to see how Jesus manifests God's heart. First thing we see in verse 27 is Jesus' disciples' attitude when they finally approached them after they went into the town to get some food uh, for Jesus. Uh, let's read verse 27. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? 이때 제자들이 돌아와서 예수께서 여자와 말씀하시는 것을 이상히 여겼으나 무엇을 구하시나이까? 어찌하여 그와 말씀하시나이까? 묻는 자가 없더라. Now, you have to be very sensitive in the, as you're reading this text. And, and you have to have a sense as to what's going on. Now, suddenly the disciples, 
appear on the scene again, and he sees Jesus sitting with a woman, with no one else around. And this is a no-no in, in the context in those days. You don't talk to women, and you don't talk to a Samaritan, and you don't talk especially with a woman with loose morale. Maybe the way she dressed, maybe the, she, the way she appeared, seemed loose in the sight of the disciples. So, so the disciples were wondering, why is Jesus talking to this woman? What's going on here? He's going to taint his reputation. And yet, they didn't dare to question Jesus about this. But what we see is Jesus' uh, disciples' attitude. 이 텍스트에서 우리가 볼수 있는 것은 제자들의 태도입니다. 어떤 태도일까요? 이 여자와의 관계를 보면서 아, 예수님에 대한 어떤 태도로 갖고 있었을까요? And what we see is that the disciples had this negative spirit, sort of a, a pessimistic, a skeptical mentality about Jesus' relationship with this woman. 부정적이고 회의적인 그러한 마음, 자세를 갖고 있었습니다. Now, let's, con let's compare the Samaritans who just uh, heard about this news from the Samaritan woman. Let's see what their response is. Because in verse 28, it says, Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. 여자가 물동이를 버려두고 동네로 들어가서 사람들에게 이르되 내가 행한 모든 일을 내게 말한 사람을 와서 보라 이는 그리스도가 아니냐 하니 그들이 동네에서 나와 예수께로 오더라 So what is happening here? Why did the woman leave the scene? Well she saw these men coming a band of men coming and she got sort of intimidated by the situation they'll probably judge me the same or they might want to exploit me. I love this man. This man seems a holy man. He just told me wonderful thing about me. But it's time for me to leave. So she dashes off. But what does she do? Immediately when she reaches the town, she starts conversing with the town people. Now, you need to understand, she was not in a talking terms with the people of the town. And yet she was willing to engage in conversation with them because she has such a joyful news about this man. But look at what she says. She says, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Now this is not literally true. Jesus did not tell her everything. He told her about the essential things, essential needs. But she felt as though Jesus knew her inside out. Jesus knew her past. Jesus knew her present. Jesus knows something about the future which he is promising to her. And then, let's look at the response of the people. In verse 30, they came out of the town and made their way toward him. See, their attitude towards Jesus, even though they were Samaritans regarding the Jew, they were gravitating towards Jesus. There was an attraction towards Jesus. These Samaritans' 반응은 상당히 긍정적이고 수용적이었어요. 예수님을 받아들이기로 원한 거예요. 예수님에 대해서 관심을 갖게 되는 거예요. 그런데 제자들의 태도는 어땠어요? 
예수님에 대한 어떠한 부정적인 그리고 회의적인 그런 생각을 갖게 되는 것이죠. Now with this situation, let's see how Jesus responds in verse 31. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. 그 사이에 제자들이 청하여 이르되, 라비어 잡수소서. 이르시되 내게는 너희가 알지 못하는 먹을 양식이 있느니라. 제자들이 서로 말하되, 누가 잡수실 것을 갖다 드렸는가 하니. 예수께서 이르시되 나의 양식은 나를 보내신 이의 뜻을 행하며 그의 일을 온전히 이루는 이것이니라. Now what's going on here? Can you kind of read into this text? Sort of kind of the spirit or the ethos? I believe what's happening is that Jesus was very offended by the attitude of the disciples. They haven't said a thing, but he read their minds and he read their hearts. How many of you realize that not all communications are verbal? As a matter of fact, most of our communications has to do with sensing things and perceiving things. You know, the gestures, the nuances, the body language, or just the sense of presence. But Jesus was operating at a deeper level. He had an intuitive understanding of how people were operating and he knew that they were filled with this attitude 이 제자들은 태도 태도로 그러한 회의적인 그런 마음 그런 부정적인 그런 마음으로 가득 채워져 있다는 것을 예수님께서 아셨어요. 그러셨기 때문에 아마 예수님은 그냥 조용히 침묵을 지켰으라고 생각합니다. So The disciples approach Jesus and go, Rabbi, eat something. 눈치 보면서 이렇게, 아, 주님, 드셨어요. 음식 가져왔습니다. Trying to enter into this conversation. But Jesus' attitude towards them is this. I have food to eat that you know nothing about. You bring me physical food, but I, I'm telling you, I have spiritual food. I have food that you are not even aware of. In other words, you are not in tune with where I am. You think I, I'm hungry for food? You think I, I, need, I just need the comfort and the convenience for the moment? But what I really, really need and what I really want is something deeper. He was making this remark like the way he made a remark to Nicodemus. Do you know why he sounded so cold and so abrupt? Saying, you must be born again. Right there, his first word to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Well, here, Jesus is saying to his disciples, you don't know the type of food that I need, that I have. So in verse 33, his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? Just like Nicodemus, how can a man be born again? Can a man go back into the mother's womb and be born a second time? They were thinking at the physical level when Jesus was trying to get at the spiritual, deeper level. And then Jesus responds by saying, My food 
is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. What Jesus is passionate about, and when he uses the, the, the concept of food, he's basically talking about hunger and passion that people have. There's a need for us to be satiated within. There's a need to be filled with something. And apart from that, I'm going to go hungry. I'm going to starve. I'm going to be famished. And Jesus is asking the disciples, do you know what I'm hungry for? What I'm greatly passionate about? And that is none other than the heart of the Father and the will of the Father. 내 마음은 아니야. 내가 가장 열정적으로 생각하는 그 무엇, 그것을 아느냐. 나는 아버지의 뜻을, 오로지 아버지의 뜻을 행하는 것이 나의 목적이다. 그리고 그걸 성취하는 것이 나의 목적이다. And this is what Jesus wanted to communicate to the disciples. But the disciples were just worried about food and how to make him feel convenient and how to just pass through the city and, and ignore all the Samaritans and especially this woman with the kind of reputation. They wanted to have nothing to do with that. Jesus read all this. You see, it's not just the barriers that had already been established, that the barrier was right there within with his own disciples. You know, sometimes as a pastor, one of the greatest difficulties I have in the church context is not so much the obstacles that are outside or obstacles or, or difficulties that we have with the society or with other churches. Sometimes it's right here within. Let's say that the pastor has a vision about something and when people, their attitudes are like the disciples, they don't want to move on, they don't want to penetrate, they don't want to break down the walls, then it's the most difficult thing for a pastor. Now, I'm not saying that you are like that, of course. Not, that's definitely not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that I could understand what Jesus might be feeling. Sometimes he's from the inside. Sometimes as a, as a husband, I, I might feel the same thing about my wife. My wife doesn't really quite understand me. You know? And so my uh, opposition may not come from outside. It may come from within. Now the disciples were the closest things to Jesus. And yet, if they didn't really understand where his heart was, then Jesus would have feel, felt very alienated, very distant. And this is the ethos that he's talking about here. And so, with this, Jesus makes this comment in uh, verse, verse 35 onward. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. What is Jesus saying here? 예수님께서 무슨 말씀하십니까? 추수할 것이 많다. 아직 4개월은 남았는데 그래도 영적으로 말하자면 지금 추수할 곡식이 많다는 거예요. 지금 추수할 때가 왔다는 거예요. In verse 36, Even now the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the soul and the reaper may be glad together. 
Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. So what Jesus is discerning about the people and the circumstances and situations, especially about the Samaritan woman and about the Samaritans in that region, was that he saw they were like the harvest. People were like the crops. And they were ripe for the picking. They were ripe for the gathering. 이때를 놓치고 싶지 않았던 거예요. 예수님께서는 하나님의 마음으로 이 사람들을 바라봤을 때 때가 됐다. 곡식이 익었다. 이제 추수할 때가 됐다. But how can Jesus do this? He can have one-on-one -on -one with the Samaritan woman and maybe with each of the persons in the village. But I think his frustration was that he's building up this team. He's building up this band of disciples who need to really be in tune with his heart so that they will become the harvest gatherers. They will be the ones who are going to gather in the harvest of the sores. And yet their minds and hearts are miles away from Jesus. 자기들의 생각, 자기들의 사고, 자기들의 선입견, 자기들의 예수님을 향한 비전. 이런 것을 계속 제시하지 예수님께서 이때 꼭 필요한 그의 마음에 합당한 것을 읽지 못하고 파악하지 못했다는 것이에요. And that can happen to all of us. That can happen to me as well. I might think, well, I think God will be pleased with this if I do that. I, I think uh, if, I, if I offer this to God, I think he'll be glorified. But what is Jesus saying at this time? What will really make him truly satisfied? What is he hungering for? And what we see from this text is he's hungering for more than anything Soars, those people who are lost apart from him. Those people who are alienated from him, distanced from him. And he needs us to reach out to these people. Draw them one by one and start gathering them as a farmer would gather the harvest. This is what Jesus is saying. So what is evangelism? If I were to make a concluding, concluding statement, about evangelism. I think evangelism is basically letting people know the heart and the mind of God for them. That he so loved the world that he was willing to give up his own son to die on the cross for them and he wants to offer them this message of salvation. He wants to give them this hope that their, their uh, future vision and sense of destiny can only be had if they have Jesus. Apart from Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, they can't move on in their lives. And even if they do move on, they will end up being short. So in order to truly have a future and hope, what Jesus is saying is, people need me. People need the Holy Spirit. People need the love of the Father. And that's what we need to do. Let others know the heart and the mind of the Father and discern 
the fact that the time is always now. Now you might say, well, Jesus, uh, he discerned the timing of the Father for now, then. But what do you mean it's always now? It's always now because there are those peoples who are ripe for the picking, ripe for the harvest, always. Maybe not everybody at the same time, but there's always somebody now for us to reach out. And that's why we have to open our eyes and see who are these people right now that I need to reach out. It may not be for this person or that person, but there's somebody that's now ready to be harvested. And we are called to go out into the harvest field to draw them into the kingdom of God. Do you understand what I am saying when I say it is always now? Because there are so many people out there and there's somebody who's ready to be received into the kingdom of God and for us to go and reach out to them and gather them as harvest, harvest of the soul. There's always somebody now that we need to reach out. That's all we need to do. And this is what Jesus did too. Perhaps he made his way to Samaria because he felt like now I need to reach this particular town, this particular woman, and rest of the townspeople because the harvest is ripe now. And then maybe he moved on to other places. And then would be now for Jesus. Okay. So do not feel like, well, I'm just waiting for my time. It's not now. It's sometimes in the future. Yeah. But you may be missing out so many people and opportunity that may be your now. Now. 꼭 말장난 같이 들릴 수가 있어요. 그렇지만 그런 뜻이 아니고 지금 이 순간은 어떤 분들에게 해당이 된다는 거예요. 모든 사람들에게 해당되는 건 아니지만 지금 이 순간 꼭 주님의 말씀을 들어야 되고 주님의 사랑을 느껴야 되고 주님께서 그 곡식을 거두시기를 원하시는 사람들이 있는 거예요. 우리가 주님의 도구예요. 그분들을 알아보고 그 다음에 reaching out 하며 그분들을 하나님의 나라로 초청하는 것이 우리들의 작업이라고 생각합니다. 아멘. 아멘. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that the time is now for somebody that we need to reach out. It may not be now for everybody, but it is now for somebody. But who is that somebody for us? As Jesus it was now for the Samaritan woman and, and the people in the town of Sakar. It was now for them. What about us, Lord? What is now for us? Teach us, Lord, to discern your now plan for us that we may reach out to those individuals who need to accept Jesus Christ and come into the kingdom of God. And we are the the means and the methods by which you want to reach out to them. Show us which of these harvests are ripe in this season and time and for us to reach out and gather them. Show us this way, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.